You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. What does it mean to be fit? If you immediately thought of a lean-toned body, you're on the right track. But what does it mean to be truly fit? I mean fit for life. Is it possible to be totally fit without a great income, a strong emotional life, and a keen sense of spiritual awareness? Hey, hello, storytellers, and welcome once again to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm your host, Louis DiBianco. I'm excited to announce that our sponsor is Audible. They are offering you, our listeners, a free download of one of your favorite audio books. You get to choose from 180,000 titles, and you also get a one-month free trial of Audible's entire service. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. That is www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. For your convenience, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio, as well as the website changeyourstorypodcast.com. Because the theme of the show is change your story, change your life, I've created a free gift for you, my listeners. It is an ebook called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life in Business. You can download it immediately at www.changeyourstorypodcast.com. One of the most rewarding things in this podcast for me is my ongoing dialogue with you, my storytellers, my listeners. Let's continue that dialogue. Keep sending your comments about what you're getting from the show and what you'd like to see in it going forward. Send them to Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. I promise to read every message I receive, and to choose some of them to share with you on the show. Today's guest is a man who asked himself the questions about being truly fit for life and came up with some inspiring and empowering answers. He's been a very active entrepreneur and fitness professional. He's been developing his expertise for more than 19 years. During this time, he's owned three fitness clubs. And as a personal trainer, he's given over 30,000 hours of training to his clients. As a sports nutritionist, he's appeared on TV, where he has shared healthy eating tips with everyone, especially people who find it hard to get to the gym. He's donated his time teaching gym classes at a local Episcopal school and created a charity 5K run called the Rest in Peace 5K. Understand that this is a man who's always growing, always questioning, questioning how he can make things better for himself and others. And although he had accomplished a lot, he had a gnawing feeling that things were just not the way they should be. He had a decent income, but he also realized that it wasn't really solid. What would happen if his clients suddenly bailed on him? What would happen if he got sick or something intervened so that he couldn't continue training for a while? The income would stop. He was not satisfied with this, so 
he found a way to empower himself financially and, of course, emotionally and spiritually and to pay that forward to everyone that he works with and comes into contact with. Now, I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm going to let him share that in his story. It is my pleasure and honor to introduce Scott Aaron. Scott, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life, my friend. Well, thank you so much, and uh, it is an absolute honor and privilege uh, to be with you today. So thank you for thinking of me, to bringing me on here, and looking forward to, to sharing some content and hopefully inspiring those who listen to want uh, to achieve more. You know what Scott just said sounds like a very humble statement, but he doesn't have much choice because he's talking to a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the best people to talk to. <laughs> I think my listeners, whom I affectionately call storytellers, know what that means. If you don't... Um, I play a lot of mobsters in the movies. Anyway, Scott, let's begin at the beginning, my friend. Where were you born? I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Hey, the home of Rocky. That's right. You know, the the, the blue collar, only the strong survive. And uh, that's where I still currently reside. Hey, Scott, have you ever run up the 72 Rocky steps at the Philadelphia Museum of Art? I actually have. And it's uh, it's not as easy as it looks. There's a lot of them, and uh -huh. uh, it's, it's definitely puts your uh, your fitness to definitely uh, to a new level. Wow! Do you ever you ever do like a fitness routine and maybe bring other people there to challenge them? Not me personally, but I've there are classes that go on there. Um, you know, I've I've worked out with Tara there a bunch of times. But it, it's definitely nice having that location. You know, a lot of people will go there during the sunrise. Uh, to do like boot camps and it's just it's beautiful with the sun coming up and running up and down the steps and and just really taking in the uh, you know the environment of the city beautiful you said you did it with tara you mean tara romano yes uh she's wonderful she was on my show not too long ago uh tell me wh what was your family like your family life like you know, my family life was the typical you know jewish um family life very very close knit um, you know, my parents worked very hard. My, my dad had his own businesses. Uh, my mom, you know, worked at a boutique and I have a younger sister. So, you know, it was the typical, typical Jewish family. You know, we dinner every night together, you know, and, um, sports and, you know, just learned a lot from my parents about love and, and respect. And, you know, they never, stopped me from wanting to achieve more. You know, I, I, w I was pushed in, in a great direction. I was very, very active in sports. You know, I, I was always a passionate kid. So the, when I put my mind to something, I, I really honed in and, and wanted to achieve my best at it. Now, I wasn't trying to be the best, but instinctually, I always wanted to be my best. And, and that's something that I learned from them. Beautiful. That's beautiful. You kind of touched on my next question. Who would you say was your strongest, earliest influence? Was it your parents or was it your parents and maybe someone else? No, it was definitely, you know, definitely my parents. I, I took away, you know, because, you know, that was my circle of influence back then. So that's, you know, I had my guy friends growing up, but, you know, the people that you spend the most time with are the people that you learn from. And, you know, my, my mother is a, a very, you know, loves making people happy, just gets pure enjoyment out of seeing joy in others. So she instilled that in me. And, you know, my father's a very hard worker, you know, really also taught me about the fitness industry. He, from the earliest age I can remember going to the gym with him as a, a young boy, watching him with all the big guys in the gym working out and, you know, wearing their, their tank tops and, you know, the just the camaraderie of, of what that environment was like. I, I just used to go just to hang out. And, you know, I, I didn't pick up a weight until I was 19 years old and uh, I'm going to be 38 in April. So I, I was a, a late bloomer as far as getting started in the industry. But, you know, I, I also learned, uh, you know, from my father, you know, if you want to be successful in something, it, it does require time 
and it does require more than the nine to five. My dad's owned his own businesses. Uh, he never really worked for anybody. So he was, you know, up early and, and home just in time for dinner. So it wasn't no- your normal seven or eight hour work days. So, you know, I knew, you know, the benefit of if you wanted something, you had to work for it. Beautiful. Now, your father, what kind of businesses did he own? So he, in my earliest childhood, he actually was a, actually a pharmacist. Um, he, he went to the Philadelphia College of, of Pharmacy, and he practiced pharmacy with my grandfather for a number of years. My father opened his own pharmacy, and after that, got into the still drum business uh, out in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and did that for a number of years with his partner, and left that, and then started another company called Chemical Lighting and Supply, which was a company who supplied um, latex gloves to dentist office, hospitals, uh, medical glove sales. And he was actually, his company was one of the largest uh, distributors of latex gloves on the East Coast. And after that, um, you know, that's where the the story kind of there's a little wrinkle in the story of how I ended up into the uh, the health and wellness industry, but it, it led us to having a gym. But there was definitely a little uh, grayish area in between that that led to that. What's the grayish area? <laughs> so um, it's fascinating. In between my dad's um, latex glove business, you know, it was doing very well. Um, he wanted to get into the health and wellness industry. He's always wanted to own a gym. And he was offered the opportunity to partner with a gentleman who had a physical rehabilitation business that basically had locations in gyms. And my dad, you know, signed on. He became, um, you know, a manager of the company. And things were going even better. You know, they were opening up new locations and he was in the gym environment. And that went on for about two years And then it was the summer after my sophomore year of college. So I was 18 going on 19. And uh, my parents sat myself and my sister down and they said there's something that we need to discuss with you guys. And, you know, my dad said that there was uh, some things going on with, with, you know, his boss and, and the company. And the... Federal government was looking at at their paperwork and the company and some things that were being done. And uh, my father was involved in the investigation. And he said, you know, if if things don't go the way that they should go, uh, I might be on house arrest for a number of months. Which, you know, he painted that kind of picture, which is like, okay, house arrest, you know, he'll be home, this, that, or the other. So... We went through with like the trial and I had to, you know, write letters to the judge and, you know, explaining, you know, who my father was, this, that or the other. And, and you know, I, I had this, you know, vision of my dad. So I didn't really know anything, you know, about the situation. So fast forward, we're at the trial and I look to my right and I noticed that some of my own family was sitting on the opposing side against my father. Whoa. And that's when kind of things started to kind of all come together that obviously my dad was involved in something where people invested money and there was insurance issues. And I'm like, well, this doesn't look that good. Long story short, uh, my father was sentenced to 24 to 36 months in federal prison uh, for his involvement. And at, at 18 years old, um, Six months prior to that, my father had actually, with the help of my two grandfathers, purchased our first fitness club um, in Old City, Philadelphia. And at that time, you know, I was then uh, turned over as the managing owner, president, and CEO of the corporation at uh, 18 years old. I was turning 19 in a couple months. And I was responsible now for the family business. And that is how I actually got into the health and wellness industry. Wow. What a story, my friend. I mean, you know, when I said to you, who were your earliest influences? Well, you know, I'm sure your mom influenced a lot of your values. But this, in terms of influencing the direction of your life, is your dad. I mean, that's so, that's powerful. And thanks a lot for 
being transparent and sharing that. And, you know, kudos to you because you, you are a very positive guy and you, you obviously took this moment which, you know, could have crushed someone else and, you know, you turned uh, a lemon, a sour lemon, into sweet lemonade. I mean, that's that's incredible. Wow. Yeah, you know, you learn, you know, looking back, I was too young to realize what was going on. But, you know, I'm, I am grateful for my father because I, I learned things about myself and what I was capable of that unless this happened, I wouldn't have known that I had a passion for health and wellness. I, I would have never known that I, I had talent at, you know, at 19, you know, I'm talking to people six, seven, eight years older than me running the club. I, I was the boss of, of people in their thirties right. and I had to grow up really fast. So I didn't have the normal college experience. I did go to university of Pittsburgh for three semesters and I came home and I ended up finishing up my, my college education with a degree in HR from temple. So I was going to school full time and running the gym full time. And, you know, so a, a typical day waking up at five, um, you know, at school by seven, seven thirty, straight through till noon at the gym by twelve thirty and there till sometimes eight or nine at night, even closing at 11 p.m. And it was me and my mom. You know, wow. my, my sister was on her way to graduating high school and going off to college. So it was just me and my mom in the house, you know, shuffling towels back and forth from the gym. And we lived in the burbs. So the gym was downtown in, in, in Center City, Philadelphia. So with no traffic, it still takes us 20, 25 minutes to get there. With traffic, it could take us an hour to get home. So, mm. you know, while my other guys, you know, were off partying and doing their thing away at university, you know, I was, you know, I was working full time. And listen, you know, I was making money at a very young age. And I was, I had a, a passion. I had to, I was the man of the house. I had to keep this business going. And, um, you know, I would, I remember every Sunday when I would go visit my father, I would bring the reports from the gym. We would go over the numbers of, of new memberships and money coming in, money going out, what we should do. So, you know, that's, that's the most involved he could be. And even when he came home, even when he got out, um, while he was on probation, he still wasn't allowed to be at the gym working because that is where the crime actually occurred. So he had to wait a full year to even be back in the gym. So it was really three and a half years that I, I ran the club. And, you know, when he left, the membership base was at 600. And when he came home, the membership base was at 1300 wow. two and a half years later. So it, it was one of those gyms that it was picture, you know, it's a city gym. It had a, a big metal garage door that opened up to the street where cars were going by. People were hanging outside, just, you know, standing by the gate, just talking. And it was the cheers of gyms. You know, we had holiday parties in there. It was a really amazing culture that we created for the environment. It wasn't the fanciest place. It wasn't the cleanest place, but it was, it was home to a lot of people. And that led us to opening up a second location right up the street in 2002. And we actually, there's another part of my story. Uh, we actually sold the gyms in 2003 to another family. And we sold both gyms for a million dollars. And so at the age of 24, I was, I was a millionaire. You know, everyone hears that. They're like, oh, my God. And, and people don't know the other side of the story that, you know, we we kind of chilled for a year and, and just did personal training and managed the the old club that we were at. And uh, there was some issues between uh, my father and the new owner. So we were asked to leave. And then we were looking for a new gym to open up. And we went to the outskirts of, of Philadelphia into an area called East Falls. And this is where we opened up. Uh, our newest location. And, you know, my dad was back in the picture and, and, you know, he always did the best he can and he didn't make, you know, obviously he's made his share of, of bad mistakes and bad business decisions. And, you know, I was, um, you know, still young. I was 24, 25 years old. And, you know, he opened up this gym and we did it the wrong way. And, and that million dollars that we got two years later was 1.3 million in debt. Whoa. And, 
So, you know, no one really knows how, I mean, he knows how it happened, but, you know, there were loans and there was this, there was a lot of factors that came into it. So now it was about, you know, crawling out of that. So that's when I started to actually focus more on the personal training because the gym wasn't making money. It was breaking even. It was losing money the first couple of years. So I had to find a way to, to, to make up the difference. You know, when I was in Old City and uh, Northern Liberties, yeah, I was, I, had, I was making money from the gyms. I had a salary and I was making, you know, personal training money on top of that. So it was and at 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, I was doing really well. And when, you know, this, everything happened with East Falls, I had to find a way. So I went into overdrive and I had to double my personal training. So I went from, from doing about 35 to 40 hours a week to 70 to 75 hours per week. Mm. Uh, and that was, you know, that, that was a lot of time. I was up at 5 a.m., um, you know, sometimes 4 a.m. at the gym by 5, training till 9 o'clock. And that was five days a week. And even doing half days on the weekends and doing boot camp classes and doing nutritional counseling. Wow. So now, I, had, I had a lot going on. You sure did, my friend. Now, during the, this, this is an emotional roller coaster to be on. Some people don't do well on an emotional roller coaster. You obviously did. But during that time, did you have a darkest moment that you can share with us when it just seemed like, oh, my God, I don't know? Yeah, there were a, there were a lot. There were a lot, you know, every year I I went into every year telling myself that this is going to be year the year the gym, you know, breaks through. This is the year that things start happening. And there were many many wall kicking moments where I was like, you know, I don't know if I can do this. And you know, it got to the point about 3 years ago three and a half years ago, where I made probably one of the most difficult decisions that I had to make. And, and I, I asked my dad to, to leave the gym. Wow. Um, I had, un, you know, my parents had divorced a few years earlier. Um, so there was tension there. And I started to uncover little things that were done over the years that got us to where we were. And obviously, he was doing what he felt what was best, but it was actually hurting us in the end and hurting everybody else. You know, it was hurting my financial situation, my cousin's financial situations, my grandparents, my mother. And at that point, I said, you know, if I'm ever going to take full control of the situation, of my life, of my future, I need to do it on my own. And I asked him to leave. And he, he left. And now the whole gym was on my shoulders. And, you know, there was kind of like a, a perfect storm of things. I, I didn't have the most compliant uh, landlords. They, they didn't really fix the building from the day that we got it. So there was a lot of factors that were working against me, but I still pushed forward. And thank God for an opportunity that I said yes to four years ago that gave me the flexibility not only with my personal training business, but this past July it allowed me to actually close my gym and retire from one-on-one face-to-face in-person personal training. And my businesses are completely online now. I'm sitting in the comfort of my condo and I have a beautiful four-year-old son that uh, I, I spend some amazing time with and I have the flexibility to do that because of the time that I've gotten back now. And that thing that came into your life is network marketing. It is. How it did is. it how did you discover it and were you resistant to it at first? So it's an interesting story. Back in 2009, uh, I had a chiropractor renting space in my club. And you know, I was always taking supplements and I went into his office one day and I saw there was these shakes and bars in there. So, you know, unconsciously and not knowingly, I started eating these bars and drinking these shakes and not thinking anything of it. There was no opportunity presented to me. All I know is that I enjoyed it and that was it. He had since left the gym and that was the last I ate the bars or drank the shakes. So fast forward, four years later, I was at a, a 
definitely a crossroad in my life. I was uh, at a point where I was really second-guessing my career choice because at this time, um, I have now currently done about 60,000 hours of personal training. And I realized that just like what you described in the introduction, you know, I was having clients cancel. You know, I was scrounging to put people in and I could never go on vacation because there was no money coming in. And what a lot of trainers do, and I hear it all too often, they save up money to go on vacation, to spend that money, to not make money while they're on vacation and have to double up when they get back. Mm. And I, I was sick and tired of that, that hamster wheel effect of what was created by this industry. And, and you know, back when I started training in, in 1999, 2000, the industry was different. You know, there was no Facebook. There was no social media. There was barely internet. People used it for like email and, and searching for things. And at that time, the, the way that you got your, your name around and you build a book of business was through your reputation. I never advertised. Everything was word of mouth. And that continued. But, you know, when I was in my 20s and early 30s, it was still okay to do what I was doing. But when I became a father and, you know, I was in my mid-30s now, I was like, something has to give here. Like, this is, I can't keep doing this. And, and honestly, my father was also a big motivator. You know, he's in my network marketing business with me, but he's also still a full-time 64-year-old personal trainer. Wow. That, that, you know, he's in phenomenal shape, but it's, that's it. He, he, it's, it's all he knows. It's all he's going to do. And, and, you know, I gave him this gift of network marketing that he does in his part-time and he's creating a little bit of income, but I painted a picture for him. I said, dad, listen, you know, you're only a grandfather once. You don't get any of this time back. You need to start carving out some time for yourself. And listen, he's a big boy. You know, he, he sees what I do and he knows what I do and, and he sees what I've created and he can do the same thing. But he was also my motivation that I had to get out because mm. I did not want to be a 64-year-old personal trainer. I didn't want to be a 40-year-old personal trainer. So. That's that's fabulous. Now, let me ask you, when, it, when network marketing was first introduced to you, did you resist it? So it was first introduced to me through actually another company. Okay. And it was very short-lived. Uh, it was actually a fellow personal trainer of mine that I remember it was myself, my dad, this, this personal trainer that I knew, and an area representative. And he sat me in this room, and they painted me this picture, and and it was a, an energy company. And, you know, I, I, I'm always motivated to increase my income. So I dove in. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but after about a month or two, I found myself spending my time with my clients trying to get them to switch their energy bills to me. Hmm. And I looked in the mirror and I'm like, I'm a personal trainer. I'm a certified sports nutritionist. I'm talking about people's bills and not their health. Mm. This is not going to work. So I stopped. Cool. And I never, I never gave it a second thought. And I remember there was another guy that I, that I was personal training that was in this company. And he brought in this, this book. And I said, well, what is that? He goes, this is my vision book. I said, what do you mean? He goes, these are the things that I'm going to accomplish on my journey. Didn't even know what it was. And I said, cool, that's, that's really cool. And I just, you know, kind of continued training him, didn't think much of it. And about a year and a half later, uh, I was at a low point in my life where I, I, my, I was in an unhealthy relationship. I was not happy with where I was professionally. And an old friend of mine, uh, Joe DiBianca, um, reached out to me to, to, to catch some workouts. You know, we, we he used to come to my gym down in Old City. We hadn't seen or spoken in a while. So he, uh, he came to the gym and, you know, we were catching up while we were working out and he told me what he was doing. And I said, what have you been up to? And he said, I, I'm actually a professional network marketer now. And I said, oh, that's, that's awesome. You know, what, what, what company? And he said the company he was with and said they were focused on health and wellness and, you know, and that was it. That was it. He, he dripped on me. He didn't like, you know, say, Hey, here, take a look. And we worked out for a couple weeks and about Two weeks later, I said, Joe, you know, can we talk a little bit more about, about this company, about this opportunity? And he said, absolutely. So he sat me down and showed me a little bit about the company. And I'm like, oh, I've, 
I've heard of them. I was actually eating those bars and drinking those shakes. <laughs> and he goes, really? I said, yeah. And he goes, the chiropractor never offered you the opportunity? I said, no. And he goes, well, he goes, I'm glad he didn't because we're here now. And I said, listen, Joe, I am, I'm very coachable. I'm open. All I want to do is help people. What do I have to do? He told me what I had to do. And I was off and running. Wow. I love it. And I, I know Joe, and he's a great guy. That's wonderful. That is wonderful, man. Great guy. Oh, yeah. Of course, when you get into network marketing, you can't avoid an encounter with personal development. Were you into formal personal development before network marketing, or did you kind of develop an interest in it as a network marketer? Yeah, you know, Joe said from the very beginning that network marketing is a personal development journey with a compensation plan attached to it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what that meant, but I didn't read books. I didn't listen to podcasts. Uh, I watched about three to four hours of TV a day, um, you know, completely lost in my sauce and the aspect of, of what was required to really start becoming who I deserve to be. And, you know, I was great at enrolling people, but I didn't really know what I was doing in the business. And it was actually about about two and a half months in that Joe said, I, I want you to come to an event with me. And it was with his business coach, Jeffrey Combs. And I drove up with him to, to Weehawken, New Jersey, where I met some of you know my other friends in the company. And I sat there and I watched this man basically unconsciously pick apart all of the things that I was feeling. Wow. And I remember during, during the, the break, uh, of, you know, during the lunch break, I went up to his decision table and I, I said, I, I want to hire you. And I didn't have the money to hire him. I literally had to call my bank to ask for an extension on the amount I could spend daily. And I hired him. And we didn't start coaching for about six weeks, but that was my first personal development event. And wow. it was, it was completely different. You know, it was the energy and the vibe that was in that room. I started to realize that was the real world mm. and, and the world that everyone looks at the lens of life that everyone looks at on TV and on the news and on social media that is, that is not real life. Real life is sitting in a room with enlightened people who just want to become better, not for themselves, but for others around them. And when I realized this and when I started coaching with Jeffrey six weeks later, it really, that was the shift that I required. About a month after that, I flew out to Phoenix, Arizona with Joe and, and one of our other teammates, Carly, to my first corporate event in Phoenix. And it's where I met um, one of the most inspiring people in my life in my upline, Susan Sly. And she purposely set aside about a half hour in her suite to sit down and talk to the three of us because she had heard about you know, all the people that we've been enrolling and all the lives that we had been changing together. And I was sitting in this room again of hundreds of enlightened people and I left a man on fire and mm -hmm. I, I, I caught the vision. I saw what this opportunity was because you have to understand I've owned every kind of business. You know, I've, I've been an independent contractor. I've been contracted. I've been a, a management team. You know, I've had a brick and mortar. And when I started to look at the business model of network marketing, where you physically eat your overhead and it's only a few hundred dollars to open up a business that can pay you multiple six and up to seven figures a year by helping others. I was like, this is it. But here was my aha moment. My aha moment was about two months in, two months in, I was taking my first vacation in five years because like I said, a week off of training, means a week off of money. And I said, this is different. I have this other business. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work it while I'm gone. And that Monday, 
I got a direct deposit into my business account for $600 from the company. And some people, they might say, well, you know, it's only $600. And, and comparatively speaking, they were right because that's, that's not what I would have made if I was, you know, training full time. But mm -hmm. that was the first time and at that point, my 15 year career in the industry that I ever made $1 not personal training. Mm. and a mm. light bulb went off and I'm like I'm sitting at the beach with my family and I'm earning income still by helping people with their health and wellness goals and that's when everything really clicked and I've been a man on a mission ever since that is fantastic so and you you you, you told it with such passion and such authenticity and uh, I know that it's real because I'm on a similar journey that you are, my friend, and it's just wonderful. This could be the rest of the interview, but I don't want it to be because there's a lot of other stuff to talk about. But if you could give me the Reader's Digest version, like the highlights of how network marketing, as of today, has transformed your life. Wow. So many ways. So many ways. You know, most importantly, this past July, I was actually able to, like I said, close my gym and retire from personal training. That's that's first and foremost number one because right. I I've got back the most valuable commodity that we all give away, and that's time. My circle of influence. I didn't have one, and I knew how important it was to have people around you that only wanted you to achieve more. That only that only wanted you to be your best, that only wanted you to live the life that you deserve. And when I started surrounding myself with these people, and I listen, I, I still talk and hang out with my guys from when I grew up, but those are my friends, and then I have friends that are also my influences. And you know, one of the greatest things I read by Les Brown was that you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. And some people have five people that they shouldn't be spending time with. I wasn't spending time with anyone because I was always working. So I had no influence. It was just me. So I wasn't learning anything. And what network marketing has taught me is that everything is possible. Mm -hmm. Everything. And it taught me to be a better entrepreneur. It taught me about how in need we are of heroes you know mm. there are there is so much negativity now now more than ever now mm -hmm. more than ever with the visibility of of everything that's going on in life mm -hmm. Mm. now more than ever there need there need is there's a need for more bright lights and so many people have their lights dimmed by the negativity and the stereotypes and the stigmas around life. And I tell people all the time, every thought, every decision, everything that you do in your life is a choice. So you can choose to be positive. You can choose to be negative. You can choose to live the good life. You can choose to live in your story. So when I started to think more abundantly and found myself doing guided meditations and I actually, this week, I'm getting a copy today of it, I actually self-published my first book and if you would have told me almost three and a half years ago that you're going to go on this journey, you're going to get enlightened, you're going to close your gym and retire from personal training and, and write a book, I would have been like, you're crazy. You're crazy. That's not going to happen to me. But it did. I am no different than anyone else. I just made a choice to change. And I, I use the example. My son is one of my biggest inspirations because he has no fear. He literally does and says anything. You know, he's four. And what I learned is that if we can start to rewind the tapes and go back to the thought process that we had as children, where you believed in the possible, you believed that everything was possible, you believed in yourself that you could achieve everything, and you weren't afraid of failing, you weren't afraid of missing the shot, 
you weren't afraid of screwing up, that's when things started to shift and I just stopped caring what other people thought and started caring about the ones that wanted more for me. You know, Scott, um, what I want to say to the audience right now, storytellers, uh, first of all, I did not pay Scott to say these things. He has just given you a few million dollar nuggets. And I'm particularly excited because what he's talking about is the essence of what this entire podcast is about. Change your story, change your life. And as Scott has said, it's always a choice. How beautiful. That is so wonderful. Thank you for that contribution, man. Now, you listen, you have become, in the course of building your business, um, an expert in connecting with people, particularly on LinkedIn. How did you develop that expertise? Another great question. So about a year and a half ago, I, you know, in network marketing, we use the platform of social media to connect with a, a wider audience. And, and most people use Facebook and it's great. It still produces. But, you know, something that Jeffrey taught me very early on was having more leads than time, having more conversations, having your book full. Because the more conversations you have, the more opportunities you have to present people the opportunity to change their life. If you're not happy with where your business is, you're probably not doing what is required to get the shift that you need for the needle to move in that direction. So when I took a look at my business and where it wasn't, I realized that I had to start doing more. So... You know, I always had this notion that, you know, what, what if Facebook shut down? What if there was a, a server issue and they had to shut down the site for two weeks? That scared me, just like it scared me to go on vacation as a personal trainer. So when I created that story of the what if, which it's not going to happen, but the what if got me into motion, I said, I need to look for something else that's going to produce results as well. So I had been on LinkedIn for years, never touched it, never did anything with it, but liked it because you can specifically target and build an audience and a network that is just like you. So in the beginning, I was just literally connecting and conversing with anyone that I could. But something that Susan taught me very early on was this. You have to look yourself in the mirror every single day and ask yourself this question, how am I going to recruit me today? Mm. And when I, when I thought about that, I was like, that's it. I'm connecting with all the wrong people. So I basically drew a visual diagram in my head of who I was as a professional. Health club owner, personal trainer, certified sports nutritionist. So... I started searching for people that were just like me because I learned on LinkedIn that people want general connection. They want real relationships. And the people that you're going to have the best relationships with are the ones that are just like you. Because the more relatable the story, the more open they're going to be to the opportunity, which gives you the best chance to bring them into your business. And the biggest connector that you can have is someone else's pain. So I knew the pain that a gym owner went through. I knew the pain of what a sports nutritionist and personal trainer went through. So as soon as they would open up to me and tell me what's going on with them or what's not happy, I could completely relate to it because, you know, I, I use the feel, felt, found method. You know, I know exactly how you feel because I felt the same exact way, but here's what I found. And when you can relate to the person, that wall of comfort or discomfort, I should say, comes down. They're more open and they want to hear about what you're doing because everyone's looking for an opportunity. They just don't know it yet. And when you're on a social media platform like LinkedIn, where there are 480 million users worldwide, you literally have the biggest pond to fish in possible of people that are just like you. Wow. 
So, guys, uh, Scott just gave you a mini course on how to connect and expand your business and your personal relationships on LinkedIn. Now, do you use the paid version, Scott? I do not. I, okay. I use the basic version. And just to give you a little snapshot, I when I started about a year and a half ago really working this, I had about 700 connections and I am approaching 12,000 connections now. Wow. Good for you, man. Thank you. And and I, you know, I average about 20 to 30, sometimes 40 conversations a week. And if you do things the right way, where you get the right person on the phone to look at your opportunity, the raw numbers is that every person that you have to look at the opportunity that you can get on a follow-up call, you have a 25% chance of, a cl- of closing every single person. Because wow. they're either, they're either going to say yes, they're going to say no, they're going to no-show, or they're going to be too busy, can we talk in a couple months? That's all it is. It's that simple. Mm. And from what I'm hearing in your tone, when you take that attitude, you're not attached emotionally to those outcomes. Not at all. And, and coincidentally, I read an amazing book at the same time that I was really diving into, into LinkedIn. I was reading a book called Go for No. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by Richard Fenton and Andrea Waltz. I've got and it. I've got, I've got the audio version. It's fabulous. It really go, teaches, go ahead. Yes. Talk, about, talk about it. Yeah, it, it teaches you to disconnect from the emotional attachment of the word no. And you actually go for no. So I have no goals. I, I try to get 25 no's a week. Nice. Because behind the because behind the no's lie the yeses. So you have to get through all of those no's to get to the yeses. And if, you know, most people, why they quit network marketing is because they hear too many no's. And I've, I've heard a ton of no's in my career. I don't hear no, I hear not yet. Because no one really ever says no. They give you a reason of why they can't move forward because it's their own story. But if anyone really wants to learn why people do what they do, read this book. Because if I have time, I'll I'll share a quick story with you. In the book, it talks about the story of the, the airbag technology. And the technology for the airbag was actually created in 1966. And the gentleman who created it uh, actually went to the big three motor companies in in the United States and presented this, and and they said no. And he literally went back every single year, and he got no's every single time, but he didn't stop. You know, he lobbied with Congress, he raised money, and in 1987, almost 20 years later, Congress actually passed a bill that stated that every motor vehicle in the United States had to have this airbag technology in them. Now, it wasn't actually for another about 10 years until the sale actually went through, but here's the crazy thing. That sale netted him and his company $125 million. <laughs> so, so over getting no's for 30 years, the real question was, you know, did he, and he, I think he, he profited $90 million off of that. So the question was, you know, did he actually get told no, or did he get paid Three million dollars every single year that he wor- heard the word no. Wow, that's beautiful. I'm and he glad chose to, he chose to hear not yet, and that's that's the approach you need to have to network marketing. It's it's you just have to keep going. But you see, you just hit on it again that the whole concept of what is your story? Because if your story becomes I can't stand it because all I hear is no then that becomes your reality and you can go back and get a job, um, you know, waiting on tables. Or if your story becomes, no, you know what? It just means not yet. Look at what happens, the possibilities that open up to you. That is fantastic. Thank you. That is just wonderful, man. Now, I also want to point out something else to our listeners. If any of you are in network marketing or if you're thinking about it, 
if you listen carefully, if you go back and listen to this again, what you'll notice is that in Scott, you've got a person who is really coachable. How do I know that? Because he learned a lot of things that he didn't know before that were kind of odd, but he trusted them and applied them. And it's that application that has made the difference in his life, which is why he will become one of the top millionaires in his current company. That is a given. It's a given because he already is in spirit and in action. You can hear it. It's fantastic. Thank you. Now, what are the biggest no-nos when using LinkedIn or other social media? Because people commit a lot of faux pas when they go out there to connect. What would you say are the biggest no-nos for you? So th- there's a bunch, but I would say that the, the top two, the top two no-nos is on any social media forum, verbal vomiting your company's name. Because mm-hmm. one of the most powerful tools still to this day is Google. And the last thing you want is someone searching your company, reading bad reviews, and not even getting on the phone with you. So the, the most powerful tool that any network marketer can utilize is curiosity. So if you kill the curiosity, it kills your opportunity. So you don't want to mention your company's name in any of your posts. Even if you're on social media, you shouldn't have it anywhere on your profile. Because people look at your profile, they're looking for something. They're looking for a reason why to not to get on the phone with you. But you want them to ask that question. What is it exactly that you do? And if you tell them what you do by putting it on there before them hearing your story, you're missing out on opportunities. Number two, sometimes people talk people out of it. So I've heard it many, many times. The one thing that will really, really build a solid business is when you are speaking to somebody about the opportunity, you ask questions. You do less telling and you do more listening. Because the one thing that I realized is that a lot of people, most people, love to hear themselves talk. So if you can engage with your person and you can bring that level of trust up and just have a set of questions that you ask that are going to start to build that relationship, they're going to trust you more, and they're going to be more open to what they're coming to you for or what you're going to them for. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you know what? Um, wouldn't you say that that applies not only to network marketing, but for almost any business that you want to get people excited about? If you're on social media, begin by um, arousing curiosity. And then if you get to the conversation, ask questions rather than trying to just promote, 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 sell, sell, sell. I would say it also applies to life. You know, yeah, if, you're, absolutely. If you want any relationship to get better, you have to listen. You, ha- mm. you have to listen. And, and most people hear, but they don't listen. And there's a big difference. And there, and um, listen, you know, I'm not perfect. I definitely have a lot of thoughts going into my head as people talk. And I sometimes talk before they're done speaking. And something that I learned from Robin Sharma is he actually will put his his pointer finger over his lips as an unconscious reminder to not speak and wait till they're done. So it makes you more present. And I, and I practice that. So if people are in conversation with me, sometimes you will see actually, you know, my, my fingers over my lips. So I'm more engaged in the conversation. Mm Hmm. That's fabulous, man. These are great, great tips for people. Now, you teach a course in using LinkedIn to expand one's business, right? Absolutely. I, I specialize in network marketing, online businesses, um, any entrepreneur. I've, I've worked with some nutraceutical companies and, and how to grow their their connections and their customer base. So yes, I, I do have a few courses that people can utilize with me. 
Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Now, can you give us a little, uh, again, a, a Reader's Digest uh, picture description of some of the things your clients have gained from you by studying with you? So the one thing that I've learned about any business, for it to grow, you have to grow. And what I mean by that is that you have to expand on where you are currently right now. And when I realized that my network was basically only on Facebook and I was able to create a whole separate network of new people. So I went from having about 5,000 connections on Facebook to 17,000 between Facebook and LinkedIn. That changes your business. And I also tell people this. You absolutely need to create a budget of investment in yourself and in learning systems. And if you're not, if you're using money as an excuse of why you can't invest in yourself and your business, then you need to do two things. One, you have to let go of that story. Because if you're telling yourself that you can't afford it, you're never going to be able to afford anything because that's what the universe is going to bring back to you. The second thing is you have to outproduce those problems. So you need to maybe use that credit card to invest in something that's going to return you 10 times that. So I'll, I also tell people this. There are people that coach people on things for a reason. And the reason is, instead of you trying to figure it out, learn some, from someone who has. So that's why I tell people, stop messing around. Stop twiddling your thumbs and trying to figure out how to work it. You know, you're listening to someone who figured out exactly the best way, genuinely, authentically, and organically to use LinkedIn where it feels good and you're guaranteed results. And, and as crazy as it may seem, yes, you are guaranteed results. If you're looking to grow your network, if you're looking to grow your connections, if you're looking to grow your conversations that give you the ability to increase your conversions of into your business, that's what I teach because that's what I do. I love it. And I listen, I, I know other people in, in the wide network that we know who have studied with you and they're gaining a lot. Um, how can people contact you to take advantage of the things that you offer? Absolutely. All you need to do is you can go to my website, www.traineroflinkedin.com. So T-R-A-I-N-E-R-O-F-L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N.com. Just as it says, it's that spelled out. Uh, I actually offer a free ebook. If it's your first time to my website, you will get a pop-up. And um, I have a, a five simple strategy technique that people can apply for free. You just have to subscribe for it. You will get it emailed so you can start making changes now. And obviously there are other resources on there too, testimonials and other business packages that people can also utilize. And I'm a servant to the industry. I'm a servant to the profession. I'm a servant to others. And I just want to see people succeed. That is beautiful. That title of your, the name of your website I mean, must have taken a long time to come up with something as original as that. (laughs) No, I love it, man, because, you know, the brilliance of it is that that's what you want to do. Don't try to be clever. Tell them exactly what it is that you're offering. Exactly. I love it. I love it. So uh, quickly, any favorite books of yours besides your Uh, own, which we're going to get you to talk about your own, too. But (laughs) right. So favorite books, Go For No, obviously uh, one of my favorites. Relationship book, um, I love The Five Love Languages. Um, the, oh, five, the Five Love Languages? Who's that by? Oh, God. I, I forget the author, but it's, it's, a, it's a great book. It really teaches you not only just relationships with people, but relationships with your partner, what their love language is so you can play into it so it can really create a stronger bond between the two of you. Um, the other, uh, so many books. I'm reading The Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster right now by Darren Hardy, who also wrote uh, The Compound Effect. Um, John Gordon is one of my favorite authors. He wrote The Energy Bus, which is a great book. I actually got it for my whole team this year uh, as a Christmas and holiday present. 
but he also wrote another one called The Positive Dog. And it's, it's really great because he says that we all have two dogs inside of us. We have a positive dog and we have a negative dog. You got to feed the positive dog and you got to starve the negative one. So, you know, I, I just, there are so, I mean, I literally can go on and on and on. I usually read a book or two a month. Fantastic. Um, the yeah, other great a- book, yeah, the one more great book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People is also a really, really great book that people should read. That's uh, Stephen Covey. Yes. Now, um, the Darren Hardy book again, could you say the title again? That is The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. The Entrepreneurial or Entrepreneurs? It's The Entrepreneur. Oh, Entrepreneur. Okay, okay. Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. He also wrote The Compound Effects. You can probably find it that way, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's also the editor and of, um, uh, I think, publisher of of, uh, Success Magazine. Yes. The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. Fantastic. And give me one favorite quote. You're only allowed one. (laughs) So one of my favorite quotes, and it's something I live by every single day, is that your failures will always open the doors to your successes. And do you know who said that? I did. (laughs) Now, quickly, the title of your book and how can people get it? It is called Good Guys Always Win, How to Design Your Life and Become Your Own Hero. And right now it is available on Amazon for download for Kindle. And the paperback print-on-demand version should be available within the next week. But uh, you can either download the Kindle version. But if you do buy the paperback, which should be available in a week, uh, you get the paperback and you get the Kindle version for free. And uh, that should be available really soon. So it's good guys always win. Mm-hmm. And what's the, the rest of it? Uh, design, uh, how to design your life and become your own hero. Okay. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Thank now, you. And, and your quote was, your failures will always open the door to your successes? Is there always. A open, yep. Uh-huh. Yep, your failures will always open the doors to your successes. Uh-huh. Okay. Where do you see yourself in five years? Wow. So, you know, I really practice living in the moment. But in five years, oh, God, I don't know. You know, because I, I, I do know. I see myself in five years. Something that I've really set a goal is impacting a million lives. And that is my big goal because Robin Sharma states, if you want to make millions, you got to serve millions. If you want to make billions, you got to serve billions. And I'm going to start with the millions first. And that's my goal to touch and as reach and to impact as many lives as possible in the next five years. I would love that to be at a million. That is just beautiful. And you know, uh, again, storytellers listening to this show, I'm sure that you can hear, not just in what Scott's saying, but you can hear it in his tone. It is, if his tone doesn't communicate to you that he means everything he's saying, then I would say, buy Q-tips. <laughs> Scott, that's absolutely wonderful. You know what? I was going to say final thoughts, but you know what? What you just told us right now about your vision I want to bring our podcast to a close on that. And I want to thank you so much for being a guest today. You have delivered enormous value, my friend. Thank you so much. And and again, it was an honor to share this space with you and and allow me to, to share my story. And like I said, I just hope someone was inspired by something I said to take themselves to the next level. So thank you so much again. Thank you. And thank you, storytellers, for tuning in live today to spend time with me and Scott. I'm sure that you're as excited as I am by everything that he's given. And think about the fact that you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash story power and download a free audiobook of your choice. Think of the titles that Scott has given you. There are so, so many. Absolutely run over there now and grab the first one that that appeals to you the most. Now, of course, 
share this, pay this forward. Let your friends and other people in your network know about this podcast and tell them that they can listen to this on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, TuneIn Radio, and of course, at the website, changeyourstorypodcast.com. And at that website, all of you will receive a game-changing book that I've written for you as a an ebook download called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. And it will deliver what the title says. It will help you to dramatically enrich your life and your business. And of course, during the next week, think about what it means to be truly fit, not just physically fit, or not just financially fit, but for you, the whole person, physically, financially, emotionally, and spiritually. And approach that by asking yourself, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.